Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? Come out to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs. He was not a smart man. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. All righty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. We're in the heart of the Christmas season as I record this. Christmas just a few days away. And even though in the year 2020 we're in the midst of a pandemic, still, the Christmas spirit is still all around us. People are still excited about Christmas, including me. I mean, of course it's a little different this year. Okay, it's a lot different. But I see it all around me. People trying to celebrate Christmas, trying to keep the Christmas spirit going, and so am I. I've always loved Christmas. I've always enjoyed the Christmas season, the Christmas music, the Christmas presents. Not so much the Christmas parties. I'm not a party person. I tolerate them when I have to. But mostly I enjoy being with family and friends and just being close together and enjoying our time together. So today's episode is going to be talking a little about that. I'm going to go back to a couple of stories that I told in season one, because isn't storytelling kind of a Christmas tradition? Whenever the family gets together, you pull out all the old stories about Uncle Joe or your sister Clara and the fun things they did or the stupid things they did in Christmas's past. That's what we would do. So I'm going to pull out a couple of my old stories today and just talk about the Christmas season for a few minutes at the end of the episode and hope that helps you celebrate Christmas. Now, of course, we have to create the appropriate Christmas atmosphere. We've done this before. We have our Halloween room. We have our Christmas room. I've modified it a little this year. So I'm going to go down to the Christmas room so we can do a proper Christmas episode. All right, you ready? Let's go. You like that? Every time you open the door, you get that. It's Christmas. Yes, I'm a cornball, and yes, I do that kind of thing. I'm the kind of guy who has sleigh bells on the front door. So, of course, whenever you open the door to the Christmas room, you get that. And, of course, there's a roaring fire going in the Christmas room. It wouldn't be a Christmas room without a roaring fire. Mr. Agador tends the fire. Trust me, he's very good at it. I always remember the Christmases from when I was a kid, and every year without fail, the same incidents pop up in my head. I remember the things that happened. Some things I remember more clearly than others. Some years, things pop up that I hadn't thought about in years. And I know I've told a couple of these stories over the years a couple of times. So if you've heard them before, I'm not going to apologize because I'm Crazy Uncle Gamer Dude. And that's what Crazy Uncle Gamer Dudes do. I'm like old Grandpa Joe. When I was a boy, we used to have to go out into the woods in our bare feet and cut down our Christmas tree with a rusty axe and drag it three miles through the snow. And he would tell that story every Christmas. I do the same thing. It's just the way it is. As you get older, you reminisce. And you remember those things that happened when you were a kid. One of the things that I remember is we never traveled on Christmas when I was a kid. Somewhere along the line, my parents put their foot down. Anybody who wanted to see us on Christmas, and by anybody I mean relatives, cousins, grandparents, if they wanted to see us, they had to come to us. My parents probably played the three kids card. I can see my dad doing that. Well, we have three kids. We're not hauling them out to your house. There's only one of you. If you want to come see the kids, come see the kids. Because it was always Grandma coming to visit us on Christmas. It was never us going there. And I really think my parents didn't want to haul three kids out to my grandmother's house. Now, my dad's mom was an hour away. My mom's mom was about a five-hour drive in upstate New York, around the Syracuse area. And I know they didn't want to make that trip in December. For those who don't know, upstate New York gets a lot of snow. There was no way my dad was making that trip. 
So if my mom's mom wanted to come see us for Christmas, she had to hop on a bus because she didn't drive. She had to hop on a bus and take a bus down to visit us. And that's what she did every once in a while. We never really had a big family get-together, everybody all in the same house all at the same time. Occasionally, my mom's mom would come down from upstate New York. I think there was one time where she brought her sister. I've talked about Aunt Freedy before. Actually, my great-aunt Freedy. I think there was a time they came down together. I don't remember for sure. I mean, we didn't have a lot of room. My parents had their room. Each of us kids had a bedroom. It was a four-bedroom house, and if you put anybody in there, that meant at least two of the kids had to bunk up together. And if you have siblings, you know when you're young, the last thing you want to do is have to share your space with your sibling. So it didn't happen often in my house, but it did happen. Now, during any other part of the year, there was a little bit of resentment, a little bit of, oh, why do I have to share my room? When my grandmother or my great aunt would visit. But it was a little different at Christmas time. What usually happened is I would share my room with my brother because the two boys would bunk together and my sister, who was the only girl, would keep her room. And there was something about Christmas time that made the bunking up a little more special, a little nicer. Because as most kids do, when we would be lying in bed on Christmas Eve, I would have my bed, he would have a cot. We had an extra cot and they'd set that up in my room. We'd be lying in bed. It was Christmas Eve. And of course, we still believed in Santa. By the way, for the record, I still do believe in Santa. But we were all excited waiting for Santa to come. And I remember lying there trying to stay awake so we could hear Santa or hear the reindeer or see Rudolph's nose in the window. And I remember trying to keep our eyes open. And you know when you're a little kid, you're fighting the sleep. You want to stay awake. But when you're a little kid, you can't stay awake. You try and you try. And your eyes get heavy. You feel yourself starting to drop off. And then you jerk awake. Oh, I can't fall asleep. Santa's coming. How am I going to see Rudolph if I fall asleep? And I remember this one particular year that we were together in the bedroom. And this is really weird. And I swear to God it happened. I can chalk it up, most likely, to the fervent imaginings of a 10-year-old kid. But as I sit here today and tell you this story, I swear to God this is what happened. We were lying in bed, him and his cot, me in my bed, and it was dark out. I remember looking out the window. I remember it being a cold December night. I mean, it was cold. I remember that. I remember it was a clear night. I remember looking out the window and seeing the stars out. And it had to be late. It had to be late. I didn't hear another sound in the house. I was too young to have a clock in the room. I have a clock radio now. But back then, I didn't really keep track of the time like I do now. So there was no clock. I have no idea what time it was. But it was that time of night where it is absolutely silent. That time of night where you can hear a pin drop. And I remember going, hey, are you up? And my brother said, yeah. And I asked him, do you think Santa came? And he said, I don't know. And when you're a kid that age, you're kind of caught in that area where I want to go check. But what if I go check and I see him or he sees me and decides, uh, bad kids, not getting any presents. And you wrestle with that because you want to see Santa Claus, but you don't want to ruin your chance to get presents. So we lay there quietly for a little while, still silent as a tomb. And I remember laying there for what seemed like an hour. In little kid time, it was probably two minutes, but it was an interminable length of time at the time. And then I remember hearing... It was just a little jingle, and it didn't go on for long. And I heard it one time, and as God is my witness, I heard those bells. And I said to my brother, did you hear that? And he said, yeah. Now, as I sit here today, do I know what that was? Am I 100% sure that I heard sleigh bells? I'm sure that in my mind, I heard sleigh bells. Absolutely positive. Positive. But were the sleigh bells in my head? or on the roof. 
I like to think they were on the roof. But I've never forgotten that. To this day, I've never forgotten that. One of the other Christmas stories that I have from Christmas's past involves my uncle. I've talked about my uncle in the past. He was an annoying fellow. My uncle married my aunt, one of my dad's sisters, when they were both late in life. Uncle John, literally his name, was a salesman. I learned this as I got older. As a kid, all I knew was that my aunt was dating this guy, Uncle John, and they eventually got married. I also learned that Uncle John was what I would call these days a prototypical traveling salesman. He was one of those get-rich-quick kind of guys. Always had the next best thing that he was going to sell you. Always had a hot deal. In this day and age, to use a current example, he would be the kind of guy trying to sell some kind of COVID cream door-to-door. Hey, if you wipe this on your face and nose, you'll never get COVID. And he would buy a case of this crap and go door-to-door or put it on his website. That's the kind of guy Uncle John was. Uncle John was never the brightest bulb in the chandelier. And even as kids, we recognize this. But he married my aunt. And when my grandmother came over at Christmas, my dad's mom, she always brought my aunt and her husband, Uncle John. Now, Uncle John fancied himself just a charming individual. And he figured everybody loved him. And he thought that he had a wonderful way with kids. He did not. But he sure thought that way. I think people were nice to him to get rid of him. Just be nice to him and he'll go away. But when he's at your house at Christmas time, no matter how nice you are, he's not going away. The best example I have of how annoying Uncle John was is this. He insisted he was from Jupiter. He told us kids that he was from Jupiter, that he had a spaceship, that he hid the spaceship out in the woods in back of his house, and that he'd show it to us someday, but not today. And we wanted to see proof. Show us something from Jupiter, or show us the ship, or show us anything. And he would always say in this big, booming voice, I'm not going to show it to you today, (laughs) but someday I will. And we knew that he was lying, and it made us crazy that he wouldn't just admit it. Because, you know, we were kids, but we weren't stupid. Nobody's from Jupiter. But Uncle John thought it was fun to give us this story, and it annoyed the crap out of all of us. All of us. So anytime Uncle John was coming over, it was always with a, oh, God, no, from us kids. But we were also well-behaved kids, so we didn't say anything when he was there. We just dealt with Uncle John, because that's what you do with family. You deal with them. As I said, we were just kids. But we weren't dumb. We were smart kids. And we recognized that Uncle John, as I said, not the brightest bulb in the chandelier. He just wasn't. That fact is important because of the Christmas present we gave him one year. We were shopping at the mall, and they had one of these woodworking stands. One of those little pop-up stands that they put in the mall between the shops. The kind of thing that only goes up during the holidays. And it was a local woodworker who made puzzles, wooden puzzles, where you would take the thing apart and then you had to put it back together again. For instance, he would make a wooden cat and the legs and the tail and the head were detachable. And in order to reform the cat, you had to fit the pieces together in the correct order and in the correct sequence. Because if you put the front left leg on and then the back left leg on, the pieces wouldn't fit together correctly because you had to put them on in the correct order. Front left leg, front right leg, so on. And as kids, we were always supposed to get presents for everybody. I've talked about this. We were responsible for buying our own Christmas gifts. And so the three of us kids decided to get Uncle John one of these wooden puzzles. So we were at the mall with Mom, and we showed her these puzzles. And while she didn't overrule the idea, she gave us one of those Mom comments, Well, are you sure this is something you want to give him? And something about the way she asked it suggested maybe this wasn't a good idea. Looking back now, I know that she was hinting around at the fact that Uncle John was never going to figure out this multi-piece cat puzzle. It just wasn't going to happen. She didn't say that to us because, you know, we were kids. She didn't want to tell the kids, well, your Uncle John is an idiot. She decided to avoid that specific thing. But we knew, 
And so we looked over all the puzzles on this stand, and we found what I think was the perfect puzzle. It was a big animal. I can't remember if it was a rhino or a hippo, but it was something like that. One of those big safari-type animals. Rhino, hippo, something like that. And it consisted of three pieces. The head, which included the front legs. The middle, which was just the stomach and the back. And the back, which is the hind legs and the tail. That was it. Three pieces. And they fit together front, middle, back. It had the benefit of also being able to be assembled back, middle, front. The easiest puzzle the guy had on the stand. And we decided this was the puzzle we had to give Uncle John. And as we were buying it, I remember discussing whether or not Uncle John would be able to figure it out. We knew it was going to be a challenge. But being the charming little kids that we were, with that little streak of chaotic good, let's see what fun we can have with Uncle John, we got the puzzle. And I remember on Christmas Day, Uncle John opening up his present. And I remember him looking at it and saying in that loud voice of his, Oh, this is lovely, but what is it? And my dad happened to be sitting next to him, and he said, Well, it's a puzzle. Ow! And my dad took the puzzle away from him, showed it to him, slid the three parts apart to show him the three parts, put it back together, and gave it back to him. My Uncle John then proceeded to puzzle over that puzzle for at least ten minutes, trying to figure out how it came apart. When he finally did, it took him another ten minutes to figure out how to put it back together again. It was probably the best, most satisfying twenty minutes we ever spent watching somebody puzzle over a Christmas puzzle. Because after all the years of the talk of Jupiter, it was our moment of kid revenge on Crazy Uncle John. Was it evil of us to do that? You know what? I think Uncle John earned that. I really do. It also turned out to be the Christmas gift that kept on giving because for years and years after that, Uncle John and the Christmas puzzle was a story we told around the Christmas tree, over Christmas dinner, time and time again. As long as I'm talking about gifts that keep on giving, this is the perfect time to talk about you and the time you give me. I know Thanksgiving is where you're supposed to give thanks, but there's Christmas time too, which is not only a time to give thanks, but it's also a time to show your love and your appreciation for all of your friends, all of your family, all the people who support you, who spend time with you. And I feel like the friendships that I've made, both doing the podcast and doing the Twitch streams, has expanded my family, has expanded my friends, has given me a group of people that I truly appreciate on so many levels. We're in kind of a weird time in human history. We have a lot less social interaction than we used to. And that's because we spend so much time online, on our phones, on our computers, in our tablets, in our laptops. So many of us just don't go out and do things anymore. And the COVID pandemic has made that even worse. Our interactions are limited basically, if we're being careful and safe, to whatever interactions we can do online. But the benefit of that, the good side of that, is that through those internet contacts, through the Twitch stream, through Instagram and Twitter, and through this podcast, I've found a group of people whose company I truly enjoy, whose opinions I truly respect, and whose senses of humor I truly appreciate. I've been blessed over the past few years, because I've been streaming for a few years now, I've been blessed to find just such a wonderful, smart, funny, intelligent group of people whose time I just truly enjoy sharing. Now, do we get to go out and meet for beers? Do we get to go out and have lunch together? Do we get to go to the park and take a walk around in nature? No, we don't. But we do get a chance to hang out. We do get a chance to tell stories, to share experiences, to get help. 
to get support, to just know that someone's out there. And what being on the internet, what being on Twitch, what doing this podcast has shown me is that we still do connect. We still can have relationships. We still can make friends. And those friendships, those relationships are just as important and just as real as anything that used to happen before we were all online. So we may not get a chance to get together and have a drink together, go out for snacks, go pick up some fries at McDonald's. We may not get a chance to do that, but we can still spend time together. We can still share our stories. We can still share our experiences. We can still share our friendship. We can still share our love for each other. And for that, I am very grateful. It's true every day of the year, but at Christmas time, that's the time you're supposed to remind people that you care about them, that you appreciate them, that you love them. And I want to take this opportunity to say that to you. I can't thank you enough for bringing another dimension to my life, for connecting with me in Twitch, in Discord, on the podcast. You have enhanced and improved my life. And I hope I've been able to give you just a little bit of the kindness and the support and the friendship that you've given me. And I do want to thank you for all you've given me. It means the world to me, and I can't thank you enough. I hope this Christmas that you get a chance to make some more stories that you can hand down to your kids. I hope you have the opportunity to spend some time either in person or on a Zoom call or in a Discord chat with the people who are important to you. Even if you're not in person, just knowing that somebody's out there, that can make the difference. So don't hesitate to reach out to somebody that you want to reach out to. Don't hesitate to say, hey, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. Just remind the people that you care about that you care about them. What better time to do that than this time of year? That's what this time of year is supposed to be about. So enjoy it. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for being here. As always, I appreciate your time and your support and your kindness. And I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you.